So, this morning in Sunday school, uh, basically uh, was asked yesterday, could you handle everything this morning? And I said, yeah, God's good. I went right in. You know, I already had something already set up, but then I picked up something else too because I needed the Sunday school and the service. And uh, for all the things, and I did go to, to let you know, I did go to Bible Institute. I didn't graduate from it, but we, we got called out of that and to be working in a church. And I was still working at General Motors at the time, so um, just didn't have enough hours to do it and get it all done. But uh, just talking about this morning... It's the ingredients for wise and godly decisions. This is just a teaching thing. Wise and godly decisions and what to do, how to make them, things like that, what to look for, what to avoid, things of that nature. And there's like 10 things here, and it should go pretty quick, but get your Bible ready because we're going to be going through it. Number one. Trust God and not your own heart or understanding. Here's a good time to pray right now. I pray, Lord, that you would just bless this time of teaching, Lord, and I pray, Lord, you give me wisdom and give our folks here ears to hear, Lord, and and pray that it's a help to them. And it's too bad teenagers couldn't be in on this because it would be a help for them too. And I pray, Lord, that you would just bless and direct this time, this hour, and these things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, turn to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. We're going to be in Proverbs 3, then Proverbs 28, and then you're going to have to find Jeremiah 17. So, we need to trust God and not our own heart or understanding. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thine own understanding. So that verse and that first heading of it was that first verse. So trusting in God. And hey, you know how many times of our understanding of something was wrong in finding out the understanding of a certain situation was different than what we were trying to react to. Proverbs 28, 26 says, He that trusteth in his heart, his own heart, is a fool. Wow. But whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. Whoso walketh wisely shall be delivered. Now, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. We start out this verse, and if, if you're familiar with this particular verse, it's 17, 9. It's one you've heard. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? A lot of times we don't even know our own heart because we don't have all the knowledge of it. 
you know, and of course, illustrating the heart is just the pump here, but the heart also before God, he's talking about is here, the heart that's within us and ruled by our emotions and ruled by wisdom and better to be ruled by the wisdom. So trust God and not your own heart and understanding. Number two is to walk in fellowship with God. Turn to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. Then we're going to go back to Proverbs after that. So if you have a bookmark, maybe I should leave it sometimes in Proverbs or in that area because we're going to be bouncing around in there several times through this list. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 through 10. Walk in fellowship with God, it says. And this is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. We lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. That's quite a hit. Turn to Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14. Fourteen, fourteen says... The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways, and a good man shall be satisfied from himself. And turn to Proverbs 28. Remember, stick something in Proverbs. We're going to be back there. We got to, uh, we're going to be hitting Psalms and Deuteronomy next in the third one. But Proverbs 28, 13 through 14 says, he that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Happy is the man that feareth alway. But he hardeneth his heart. He that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. Can't harden our hearts. I've done it. And I'm sure you have sometime too. Because we are man. Adam was a failure. <laughs> We're going to be a failure too sometimes. And thank God for confession. I'm going straight to him. Number three. Now that, that last one was, again, walk in fellowship with God. Now this one here. We got Psalms 37, 4, and Deuteronomy 10. And in Psalms 37, 4, 
in the heading on this is delight in the Lord. In 37, 4 says, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. If you delight in the Lord, how many times you wanted something so bad, you, you felt you needed it so bad. You just, okay, it's not coming. Why isn't it coming? Yeah. He'll give the desire, but, you know, don't, don't put a clock on God. Don't put a stopwatch on him. If he wants to give it to you and you deserve it, you'll get it. Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 12 says, And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require thee but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. I mean, you've heard these verses before. You've heard them before. But it's not, you know, it's always good to catch up on them sometimes. Help us remember what he's done for us and what he continues to do for us. Number four is no godly wise decision will cause you to disobey God's word. If it isn't his will to do something, don't do it. So I'll say, I'll read it again. No godly wise or wise decision will cause you to disobey God's word. Look in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Hebrews 10, 25. We're going to be all in New Testament for this fourth one. It'll be Hebrews, 2 Corinthians, Romans, and then 1 John. No, I'm sorry, 2 John. 2 John. So Hebrews, 2 Corinthians, Romans, two verses there, and uh, 2 John. In Hebrews 10.25, it says, Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. Now, here's one. As the manner of some is. Exhorting one another and so much more as we see the day approaching. What are we supposed to do in this day approaching? We're supposed to be in church building each other up, helping each other up, praying for one another. Things are getting bad all over. I don't know how much more worse it's going to get. It could get a lot worse before God says, okay, come on home. We don't know. But we're going to have to, in these perilous times and troublesome times, make wise decisions. And there'll be no decision that's good for you if it's contrary to the Word of God. So, staying in church. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 says, I'll wait for you, sorry. I 
you know, I write them down, you know, so I get impatient a little bit. But I don't need to be impatient today. The thing is, you know, when you try to get something done, you got to run right into it. You got to get it out there and think, okay, if I release it, then I don't have any more responsibility for it. But that's not true. Just like our pastor, when he delivers something, he wants everybody to know, but he also has a responsibility for what he says too. We all have a responsibility for what we say and do. And if we do it earnestly before God, then it's an example for others. And it's also bolstering each other to continue the fight. So 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. You know, it's kind of hard to do sometimes if you're working in an environment, especially like the environment I worked in at General Motors. I was on the floor. I turned dials. I hammered things together, big, huge molds as big as this thing here. You know, with a rough crowd, bikers, whatever it is. Hit them, and uh, there's disagreements, things like that go on too. But uh, you don't want to around, hang around with them. Now you want to be there to be an influence, but you don't want to hang around with them. So be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? Turn to Romans chapter 16. We'll be at 16 and we'll be at uh, 10 also, chapter 10. Romans 16, 17. 16, 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them that cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them. How many of you have been in a church when you got somebody that shows up and he thinks he knows all about the Bible and he's going to tell the pastor all about it and that he tell the pastor he's wrong? Many, many years ago, going to a big church, it was called First Bible Baptist in Rochester, New York. There was a group of guys thought, and they used to come to that church. Well, they learned something new that the pastor and they were going to speak out and well, they didn't last too long because ushers picked him up and threw him outside. You're not going to cause division. So, I beseech you, brethren, mark them. You know, that doesn't mean you come up and put a big slab of paint across their forehead, but, you know, I remember this guy. Watch out for him. We've had people here leave. Yeah, and it's not because they were right. They were contrary to the Word of God. Romans chapter 10, verse 11. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. The Scripture saith, If we believe in Jesus Christ and trust in him, we're not, we don't have nothing to be ashamed about. Because he is truth. 
And finally, turn to 2 John chapter 1. 2 John chapter 1. Trying to remember second, yeah, third John is one, it's only one chapter. Second John chapter one, it says, uh, we're going to read 10 and 11. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house. Our house. Our house. In your house at home. He says, receive him not in, into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. Okay, in other words, hey, Godspeed to you, that means a, that's a blessing to them. Don't give them a blessing if they're contrary to God, they're contrary to the word of God. Don't do that. For he that uh, bideth in him, uh, in uh, bideth him, uh, he that bideth, uh, biddeth him God's speed is partaker of his evil deeds. Wow. I didn't think if I said, Hey, have a nice day to somebody, you know, I could be bidding them a part as a partaker of their deeds. You know, like the Mormons come and Jehovah's Witness come, you know, I, I won't talk to them in my house. I used to. But I don't anymore. I was a young Christian then, but not too many people come to our little group. Six houses. Most of the time, if somebody shows up, they send them to my house. (laughs) Go go talk to that guy. And I'll talk to him. I'll talk to him out there. Number five. Of course, that last one again is no godly, wise decision will cause you to disobey God's word. Number five, seek good counsel. Well, here it is. Seek good counsel. We're going to be in Proverbs. I've got... Three verses in Proverbs, starting in chapter 12, then 19, and then 27 chapter. Proverbs 12, 15 says, The way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. We can go to any one of us in here and get wise counsel, as long as it's based on the Word of God, right? I would assume most of us know enough about the Word of God to help out somebody. Especially if it's a young Christian or newly saved Christian, you can help somebody out. Be a help. Don't try to avoid people. Try to encourage people. Chapter 19, verse 20. Chapter 19, verse 20. Hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in the latter end. So we grow wisdom as well as help with wisdom. Somebody can come to you and say, wait a minute, I don't have an answer for this. Let me go get an answer for you. It helps us get into this this book here, God's Instruction Manual. You know, 
roadmap for leaving Earth, you know, and get the counsel we need to tell somebody else. And then it helps us to be wiser. Proverbs chapter 27. Proverbs 27. Verses 9 and 10. And bear in mind, there's 13 times, and we're not going to go looking at all 13, that talks about receiving good counsel or good teaching and good advice. 13 times in the book of Proverbs. I don't know why it's 13, but I don't believe in number curses that much. So, seek good counsel. Proverbs 29, 25. 29, let's see, I've got that wrong. i got to go up one. I'm sorry, Proverbs 12, 15. There's a way of the uh, of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that uh, hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Did I read all those? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then, okay. Okay, sorry. 27, 9, and 10. Ointment and perfume rejoice the heart. So doth the sweetness of a man's friend by his hearty counsel. By hearty counsel. Thine own friend and thy father's friend forsake not. Neither go into thy brother's house in the day of thy calamity, for better is a neighbor that is near than a brother that's far off. So, seek counsel, and you can find counsel. You know, right amongst your own family here. And number six, that was number five, seek good counsel. Number six says, don't fear man. Don't fear man. I mean, you should respect in some ways, but don't fear him. Don't fear what a man can do for you. He could take your life, but if you're living in Christ, you've been eternally bound since you were saved. You know, if somebody wants to hit you for the gospel, take it willingly. Go ahead, I'll take it. Because you're wrong, I'm right. Because I'm not basing on my intellect, I'm basing on the Word of God. Proverbs 29.25 says, Fear a man bringeth a snare. But whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Now, it doesn't say saved. It says safe. Because you're already saved. Where in this particular case, they were, if they were following the Old Testament and everything like this, as Proverbs was written during Old Testament times. But uh, the fear of man bringeth a snare. Don't get... Afraid of somebody. 
Then Matthew chapter 10, verse 37. So we're going to jump into the New Testament. Chapter 10 of Matthew. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. How many people... Now, I've, Lynn and I have been saved for well over 50 years. Been in big churches, little churches, help churches, most of our adult lives. And somebody gets saved, and mommy and daddy doesn't like it. No, I... If they accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and they actually got saved, but yet mom and dad put a lot of pressure on them, does that mean they're not saved? Well, they, if they accepted the Lord, they're saved. But they got run over by the thorns and thistles of family. And and Linda was taken out of an Italian Roman Catholic family. I didn't rip her out of there. <laughs> her brother, who got saved in Florida, ripped her out of there and brought the, the, the message of salvation to us and brought us to the church where we got saved in. And we got saved the same day, same time, along with her sister got saved the same day and same time. We're in, we were in that church a number of years just trying to serve the Lord. So, you know, but family can really mess with you. There's some families that say, you're not going to see your grandkids anymore. You're not going to see this anymore. You're not going to see family anymore because of, of what you believe. You know, in, in Matthew 10, 37, he that loveth father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. I guess sometimes you have to make a decision for God if you really want to follow Him and it goes against family. Number seven, honor authorities. Now, originally it was written, obey, and it was crossed out. And it's, and it's, no, it's honor. There's a lot of times you can't always obey authorities. If they're contrary, contrary to God. Turn to Romans chapter 13. Now, we had a bunch of scriptures here. There's a bunch. And we still got time. Got a bunch of scriptures here. Honor authorities. Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that are ordained, that be are ordained of God. I didn't read that exactly right, but if you read it, you probably got it. 
Make sure you're reading it with me. Because if I mess it up, you're going to straighten it out. It's uh, <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to look at chapter 5 and in chapter 6 in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. There are some pastors and preachers out there. They were teaching back in the 70s and 80s that that the pastor had supreme authority. And if a wife was saved and the husband was not saved or might have gotten saved but not really following the Lord so that there was doubt whether he was saved, you know, we can't ever really doubt somebody's saved. We can always think, you know, they wouldn't be doing that if they were saved. We don't know somebody's heart. But yet those those pastors would say, you know, leave them. You know, don't obey him. You know, things like that. Now, you are supposed to submit yourself to your husband. And guys, we're supposed to submit ourselves to our wives, too. That's the attention that's given also to honor our wife. And it says, submit yourselves unto your husbands as unto the Lord. And then Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 3, just one chapter. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother and mother, for this is the first commandment with promise, that's in your Old Testament, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. I know years and years ago, I know of two teenagers probably a year to two years apart, going to the same church. They decided they were, you know, they supposedly gotten saved as younger. But, you know, they wanted to do their own thing. They got involved in drinking and later on in drugs. And they wouldn't obey their parents. Their parents pleaded, cried with them. You know, come back to church. Follow God, follow us. Finally, God went over to the wall and pulled the plug on their life. Pulled the plug on their life. And we'll get into details on how they died, but it was pretty bad. I know it struck fear in the rest of the teen group and the when they heard about it. And God can pull somebody's plug anytime. If you're dragging somebody else down with you, or you're trying to influence others to follow you, it's not going to be good for you. This is that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Hebrews chapter 13 we're going to go right along until we go to uh, 1 Peter 2. 
So we get uh, we got one in Titus. I'm sorry. One in Titus three one. I'll just read it. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates and be ready to every good work. They had an evil king back at that time. We got some evil kings here. And magistrates, governors, things like that, who are wicked people. You know, and we still should obey them for the sake of testimony. Unless it goes contrary to the word of God. I mean, less, and it has to be an extreme situation. But yet there's certain things they put on us that wouldn't make that much difference of us if, if it involves our salvation anyways, like the mask mandate. All right, we'll put on a mask. We'll follow the silly program. If it makes you feel good, because if you don't, and you try to witness to somebody, how is your witness going to be approached, uh, that you approach with, be received if you're already determined to be a rebellious person? No, yeah. I don't always follow the speed limit. So... But I found out if you if you're not getting down the road at a pretty good clip, you're gonna get run over. I had two situations last weekend on the way home that the people were being aggressive on the road. And they were aggressive to everybody. It was pretty crazy. And I was just I wasn't going as fast as everybody else. I was laying back a little bit. I decided I'm going to do 70 miles an hour the whole time. I got people were cutting in front of me and then and, uh, brake checking me at 70 miles an hour. <coughs> just because they're evil. They're just evil. So follow the rules until it's contrary to the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 13, Hebrews 13, remember them that have rule over you. This is verse 7. Remember them that have the rule over you who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Follow them. Follow your pastor. And then chapter, or same chapter, verse 17. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. As they might give an account, and you know, every pastor does that. I'm going to have to give an account for what I say here today. You know, when you talk to somebody, we all have to give an account for what we say before God that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is profitable uh, for that is unprofitable for you so you got to do it so there's no grief no issues first peter chapter 2 first peter chapter 2 verses 13 through 15 
Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be the king as supreme or unto the governors as them that sent uh, by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. And then chapter 18, or verse 18, I'm sure, I should say, 18 and 19 of 1 Peter 2. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also the froward. For this is thank for, uh, thankworthy if a man for conscience sake toward God endure grief, suffering wrongly. So, if we just take some of the buffeting that comes with being a Christian, take it. Take it. If you're doing it for God, take it. That's with uh, the honor. Now, the next one is number eight. Look to the future consequences. Look to the future or the consequences of something. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured is seeing him who is invisible. Well, you look at the verse, he's talking about Moses, then he's talking about Jesus Christ, talking about Moses. So, basically, authority figures. Authority figures. That were ultimately uh, responsible to God as Moses was, as any of the leaders were, as Joshua was, and Samuel, and, you know, go by what they, what their life was like, look to the future, look to the consequences of other situations, and you'll get taught from the Word of God. Number nine, don't make decisions when tired or discouraged. Turn to 1 Kings chapter 19, 1 through 9. Now, this is kind of a story here that goes on. 
we're looking at the dialogue between Jezebel and Elijah. You know, it starts out, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. He just killed a bunch of people. Slice and dice, you're out. Elijah. And Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, let so the gods, little g, do to me and more also if I make not thy life as a life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. That you're going to be dead tomorrow. I'm going to cut you up. You know, going. I'm going to cut you. You know, <laughs> I can think of some thing, you know. Somebody coming into a bodega of some kind trying to rob it for a few dollars and then I, give me your money or I'm going to cut you. You know, you're stupid. You should die right there. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. So he and the servant take off and left his servant there in, in Judah. And by himself, he went a day's journey into the wilderness. He's running. He had the bravery to kill these wicked servants. Now he's running. He went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under Jupiter tree and he requested for himself that he might die and said, it is enough now. Oh Lord, take away my life for I am not better than my father's. <laughs> kind of like that's what it sounds like to me I mean he was probably generally afraid because these people had power but what is lacking here he lost faith he lost faith in God to protect him and as he lay and slept under the juniper tree behold an angel touched him wow somebody touched me like that, an angel, I'd pay real close attention to that. And he said, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake bacon on the coals. Okay, did he make a fire? Did the angel make a fire? We don't know. But there had been stuff going through Elijah's mind, going, something's... Not normal here. And there was a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid himself down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him, you know, or was it, who knows what it was, slap. I touched him. I just touched him, you know. Arise and eat because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. And he came thither to the cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him and said unto him, What doest thou, Elijah? Now skip down to 15, verse 15. 
And he says, and the Lord said unto him, Go, uh, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Haziel, the king, to be king over Syria. God gave him a job. Trust me again. Listen, I took care of you. Trust me again. And go back. And I want you to go to a certain place and anoint this guy king over Syria. What happened there? There was an alliance. God took care of an alliance for him. And possibly the enemy. I I didn't read the whole story, but it sounds like it could have been the enemy of Ahab and Jezebel. But a lot of times we get into a situation and we're tired. Eat something. Get a clear head. Good night's sleep. Pray. And ask God for direction. And here's that illustration right there. Here's That's what you do. Kind of a, in a sense, a no-brainer. But always give something time. Mull over the situation. Mull over the, you know, be praying about it. Just don't make a decision and go and then find out you, well, that was the wrong one. And then you're gone. And then finally, number 10, this is one of the most important. Turn to Psalms 27. Psalms 27. One of the final things, well, it could be more things, but one of the, the last one, number 10, is wait on the Lord. It kind of bumps up to number 9, but wait on the Lord. Psalms 27, 14, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. When you're going to make a decision, get all kinds of counsel, get all kinds of help, make all kinds of prayer, and be in a position to be confident of that decision when God says, go ahead. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord, thank you for what you've done for us, Lord, on the cross and the decisions that were made there. But you made a decision many, many, many years, ions ago, to come to this earth to, uh, and send your son to this earth to die for us. And that word of God is still true and powerful today, that the word came, became flesh and dwelt among us. And I pray, Lord, that you would just bless and direct these things that were said, Lord. That, uh, and help me remember them when I'm in situations and this old study that was done. And I pray, Lord, you'd just bless and direct this day. Be with Pastor. Even now, help him if he's home to be resting and grow strong and be ready. 
for the surgery. He's waited a long time. I pray, Lord, you just help him. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.